then we have three non-income producing roles and two income producing roles. And of course, that's just not going to work from a financial standpoint. It's not going to push the business in the right direction. Welcome to the Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven-figure business owner and business coach with a passion for helping people succeed and blaze their own trail in business. If you are ready to up-level your skills, your mindset, and step into your next level self, then you've come to the right place. Think of me as your business bestie as we navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and life. Each week, I'll be taking you through business strategies along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This week, I'm going to be talking about systems and how to scale your business. So we'll talk about why systems are so important and also how I have scaled my business to be a multi-million dollar business. I also just want to say a massive thank you for being here with me and for listening along. I just love hearing the feedback from the podcast so much, and I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying it. I feel like I say this every week, but honestly, I am truly grateful for your support and for tuning back in. It means so much to me, and I'm just so glad that you guys are loving the topics that I'm talking about. So I wanted to talk a little bit about scaling your business because this is something that I get asked about all the time. How did you scale your business to be where it is today? A lot of the people that are asking me this are people who either have a business and they're working as a solopreneur, or they maybe have one or two team members and they are trying to expand their team and grow their business. And they're wondering, where do I start? How do I scale? How do I grow my business? So this episode is definitely going to be for you if you are in one of those two categories. But if you don't have a business yet and you are interested in starting one, it's still helpful to learn these strategies that I'm going to share with you so that when you do have a business and you are trying to scale, you can implement all of these things and get there a lot faster. So just to give you a bit of a backstory, I started my business 16 years ago in hair extensions and I just started working from home. So I basically set up my business in my spare bedroom and it was very small, very small scale business. (laughs) Um, It was just me and it was originally something that I was just doing as a side hustle to try to create some extra income and I really did hope that I could turn it into a full-time business. I didn't know if I could, but that was my goal was to be able to at least be able to work full-time and support myself. Now, at that point, I really saw myself just working by myself in my business. I didn't foresee having a team. I didn't foresee having a salon. I didn't foresee any of that when I first started. I just thought if I can make enough money to support myself and pay all my bills and I don't have to work for someone else, I will be happy. And that was my definition of success back at that point in my business. And then, of course, I was able to build my business up. In the meantime, I actually moved states. So I moved away completely 
and I had to start my business all over again from scratch. I had to find new clients and basically start the whole process again. But one thing that I actually did do, which helped me in this moving process was I actually went back to my hometown and I still did my clients. I would go back every two months and then I would be there for a few days and I would do a bunch of clients in that time frame. And then when I'd go back to my home, I had some extra income. So that was a way that I kind of transitioned between cities and with having to start my business all over again. But then I finally built my business up. It probably took me maybe a year or two to build up a solid clientele. And then I opened a salon. I wanted to have my own space. I didn't want to work from home. I never really liked working from home. I just didn't love having people come to my house. I felt like it was a little bit unprofessional and I just didn't love not being in a team environment. I felt like I needed to talk to people and kind of bounce ideas of other people. And I just thought it would be better for me to open a salon and be in more of a commercial setting. So I opened my first salon and I did a rent a chair system. So I rented chairs out to hairdressers and I also had a nail tech as well. So it was good because I had company, I had people to talk to and you know, bounce ideas off and just have that support network of other people running their own businesses out of my salon. And then after a couple of years of doing that, I just felt like it was all too hard. And I was only really young at that stage too. I was in my early twenties and I just decided I wanted to go back to working from home. I didn't want any overheads. I just didn't want the stress of running a whole business. And I thought it would be easier to work from home. So I went back to working from home. I still had all my clients and it was actually great. I was making really good money because I didn't have any overheads and I still had a strong clientele. So it was working well for a period of time. However, there came a point where I really wanted to start traveling some more. And of course, being a hairdresser, doing hair extensions, it's not really possible to go for long periods of time without losing your clientele. And I did start experimenting with going away for a month or six weeks and seeing what would happen. But I did end up losing some clients because, of course, they didn't want to wait, you know, four or six weeks for me to come back from my holiday and they'd go elsewhere. So it became a little bit of an issue where I didn't really feel like I had freedom to go away and travel and live my best life and also have my business be successful and have it continue to grow without me. So that was really the point where I decided that I wanted to scale my business and I wanted to start hiring people who could continue to run the business so that I could take trips and go and do the things that I wanted to do. So I decided to open another salon. This time I just did it really small. I didn't put a lot of money into the fit out. I kept it really, really basic and I did it really close to my house as well so that I didn't have to drive too far. And then I hired my first employee. Now I actually can't remember how this happened or which I hired first, but I, I know I ended up with two employees. (laughs) So I had one who was a hairdresser and one who did admin tasks, like answering the phone, making bookings, keeping records of everything, serving customers who walked in, all those sorts of things so that I was able to focus on doing my clients and doing their hair. And I just felt that this was really important for me at that stage of my business, because 
A lot of hair salons don't actually have a receptionist or they don't have someone answering the phone. Usually the hairdresser will just stop and answer the phone to take bookings and answer questions. And I just hated that constant interruption. I really wanted to focus on my clients and give them 110%. So I felt that hiring someone to do the admin tasks was the best way to grow the business and to allow me to do what I was best at. So this is something that you can look at when you are looking for your first hire, looking to see where you shine the most. So where are your qualities or your skill set going to be best utilized in the business? Because it may be that you hire someone to do the technical side of things, which in my case would have been hairdressing, or you hire someone to do the admin things. And of course, that comes down to you on what you prefer, what you like doing the most of and what you would rather spend your time doing. So then from that point onwards, the business just kept continuing to grow. So as we would get clients and we would build up our client base, once we had enough clients for myself and the second hairdresser, then we would hire a third hairdresser. And then we just kept repeating that process over and over again until we ended up with a massive team, such as what we have today. Now, of course, as the business grew, there were more tasks and more things that came up that I had to start outsourcing. So I didn't automatically always hire someone. I would try outsourcing first. So things such as accounting, that was something that I did. Accounting and bookkeeping, I got that outsourced. And then graphic design, website design, that was something that I started getting outsourced. And I did run my own social media and do pretty much all of my own marketing for a very, very long time. But there were other things in the business which I did end up having to outsource because there wasn't really anybody in the business that could do those particular tasks. I would say it was a gradual process of hiring people, waiting till we got busier, hiring again, and just continuing to build the business in that direction. Now, of course, every business is going to be a little bit different, but one of the main things to focus on when you are looking at scaling is bringing on income producing roles. So what this means is someone in the business that is actually helping create more income or more sales for the business, because it's really important to keep that balance between the admin roles or the non-income producing roles and the income producing roles. And what I mean by that is, for example, I could have had myself and this second hairdresser, and then we had an admin receptionist as well. And I could have thought, well, I don't want to do my social media. I don't want to do my marketing. So I'm going to hire someone to do my marketing and then have two people in income producing roles and two in non-income producing roles. And then I could have decided, well, actually, I want to hire someone to do my web design or graphic design, or I want to hire someone to do my bookkeeping in-house. So then we have three non-income producing roles and two income producing roles. And of course, that's just not going to work from a financial standpoint. It's not going to push the business in the right direction. So one of the main things to consider is just making sure that you, your ratio of income producing to non-income producing is correct. And of course, if you have an accountant, if you have a good accountant, that is who can help you with some of your business strategy and planning, they would be the perfect person to ask, where are my wages currently sitting? What can I afford to do? Or what can I afford to bring on? Should I outsource someone? Should I hire someone full-time? They would be the best people to ask to give you advice on where you're currently sitting in your business. 
And this, of course, is an ongoing thing. This is not something that you just figure out one time and it's done. It's something that you will continue to refine and work through as you grow your business. Now, a huge mistake that I made at the beginning was I really didn't have any systems or processes in place. I just kind of knew what I was doing. And then even the first few people that I hired, I felt like they worked really well in with me and I was there every day so I could answer all their questions. I could tell them what to do. I could give them direction. I never really thought about creating specific systems or processes to run the business. I just was kind of going with the flow. And I think this is a pretty common thing I see in a lot of businesses, especially hair salons, is that they don't have a lot of systems or processes in place. They're just someone who's a hairdresser who's decided to open a business and they don't have any business knowledge or they don't have any of this knowledge of systems and processes and they just kind of are doing what they do best and they have clients that love what they do and that's how they're able to make their business grow. And that definitely works to a point. I found that it really did work and that was completely fine. Where I really started to run into problems was when my team started to grow bigger than what I could manage without any systems. And then when I opened my second location, that was when I noticed the biggest challenges in regards to not having enough systems in place. And even when I did open my second location, we had some processes and systems in place, such as like an end of day procedure or a client greeting procedure or things like that. But we didn't have the kinds of systems that we have now, which are far more in depth and far more repeatable on a larger business scale. So that is something I would recommend very early on in the piece is starting to put systems into place. Even if you are just working on your own and you're going to hire your first team member, that is a perfect time to start putting systems into place and start documenting how you do all the processes in your business. I wish that I had started right at the beginning because it would have saved me so many headaches and miscommunications and stuff ups along the way had I just started those processes and systems right at the start. Because something that often solopreneurs say to me is like, do I really need systems? Like I don't have a team. But if you're planning on having a team or you're planning on even having contractors or subcontractors, you still need to give them a set of guidelines as to how you want things done, as to the type of language you want used in your business, as to the type of values that you have and what values you want them to also bring to the business. There's just so much that goes into the business and the brand that sometimes you're not even aware of it, especially if you're working on your own, you may not even be aware that you are doing things a certain way because you're just so used to doing them that certain way that you think everybody is going to do them the same way that you do, or you think everyone will have the same vision or the same common sense that you have. And that's, I'm here to tell you, it's just not the case. (laughs) So that's really where systems come into play in order to scale, because once you have those systems in place, you can start to create repeated processes that anybody can follow, that anyone that comes into your business can start to follow those same processes, which means you're going to get the same outcome for your clients each and every time. In a fast-paced world, time is everything. And for busy business owners like you, efficiency is key. 
That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. Flowdesk user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. I'm going to use the example here of McDonald's. And if you guys haven't seen the movie, The Founder, you need to watch it. It is such a great, inspiring movie about the creators of McDonald's and how that business came to be one of the biggest, most well-known businesses in the whole world. It is such a fascinating watch as a business owner, but particularly from the standpoint of the systems that they put in place. So obviously they were a hamburger shop and they really refined their systems down to an art and they tried all these different layouts for the kitchen as to how they could set the kitchen up to be the fastest way to operate and the fastest way to get the pickles onto the burger buns and the best way of doing this and the best way of doing that. And it was so fascinating to watch their process of how they refined their systems. And that's what they had to do in order to produce the burgers really quickly. And then they were able to serve more customers And they were also able to keep that consistent standard and quality. And even now today, like, I don't know, 50, 60 years, 70 years, maybe down the track, McDonald's is still around. They're still making the exact same burgers. They're still using those same systems because they perfected it in the very beginning. Take it from me, no matter where you are in your business journey, this is one of the first places I would start before you start scaling, because as soon as you start hiring people and you start growing your business more, anything that doesn't have a system or a process attached to it is going to get done in a different way. And that's where things can start to get out of hand. So by having these systems in place, it allows you to know that things are going to be done the exact way that you want them. And you can create that consistency in your business. And then as you bring in new people and you start adding to the business, your clients won't feel any kind of a transition. It will just be this smooth, seamless transition over to new people or to more people. And from the client's end, it's not going to feel or look any different. Now we're going to dive deeper in how to actually create systems and then how to implement them so that you can facilitate your business growth. So the first step in implementing systems is to identify your key processes. So these are basically the core activities that drive your business forward, or it could also be the unique way that you do business. So the unique methods or systems that you use to give your clients a result, which other companies don't do or don't have. You want to start looking at each area of your business as a different section. So you might have sales in one section, marketing in another one, operations, customer service, each area of your business should have its own set of defined processes. 
And then by documenting these processes, this is how you create a roadmap for success. Now, ideally you want to have your processes in written form and video form. The videos of course work really well for if you have something technical that you need to show new team members. So in our business, we do hair extensions. And of course we couldn't write a manual on how to do hair extensions. It has to be done in video and it has to be done in person training as well, because it's not something that can be written out. But even if you do have processes that are able to be written out, it's also good to have a video as well. I actually worked at McDonald's when I was a teenager and it was such a great experience. I really enjoyed working there and I learned so much about business from my time there. And one of the things that they did was they had a lot of videos and this was like back 20 years ago. Now they had videos. So when you first started working there, you would sit down and you'd watch all these videos on how to cook the French fries, how to greet customers, how to use the point of sale system all these different things. And they were done in these videos that weren't super boring. They were a little bit interactive and they were interesting to watch. And it really got you on the right foot. So I do the same thing in my business. I have an onboarding portal that every new person that comes onto the business logs into. There's some welcome videos from me in there, you know, congratulating them on being a part of the team. And then I also go over things such as our core values, our mission statement, what I expect of them as an employee, what sort of qualities they could possess, which would help them to grow within the company. And then of course, we also go into our processes and how we do things and how to install the hair extensions, how to consult a client, how to upsell, all those types of things are also included in the onboarding portal. And this is something that I made years ago and we still use today. Of course, we update it from time to time and we add to it. And we are in the process at the moment of increasing our systems to make sure that they are really watertight. And we really want to get super granular with how we're doing every single thing in the business so that I can set my business up to be a little bit more like a franchise and so that it runs really seamlessly and every single thing in the business has a very specific system. But even so with the systems we already have and the videos that we have, it makes it so easy to onboard a new team member when you already have all that set up. If I had to train every single person or keep repeating those same things over and over and over again, it would be such a waste of time. So it's so efficient just to have it all on the onboarding portal and then they can watch all the videos and they get all that insight and I don't have to repeat myself and my team don't have to repeat themselves a million times every time we get someone new. Another thing you want to look at in your business as well is how much you can automate. So anything you could possibly automate, I would 100% do that, especially if you have a online business or a more digital or e-commerce type business, I would 100% be putting in as many automated processes as possible. It's a little bit hard in a hair extension or hair salon environment. We do, however, have some processes in place, such as automatic text message reminders for client appointments. We also have follow-up messages to make sure they were happy with their appointment and we ask them to leave us feedback. We then have messages if we haven't seen people in a little while, asking them to or telling them that we miss them and that we'd love them to come back again. So there are certain things in the business that we have automated, but I do know with my e-commerce business, there is a lot more that we're able to automate just because it is more of a digital business. 
So automating as much as possible will save you so much time in the long run. I know it does take a bit of time to set everything up and get it all ready, but once it's all set up, it is such a game changer. So of course, once you've got all your systems in place, it's not just a matter of having the systems, but it's also a matter of having a team of talented individuals who can also use these systems, replicate what you currently do, and then make sure that your vision for your business is coming to life. This is where it becomes really important to make sure that you hire the right people. There's a saying out there that you should hire slow and fire fast. And I think that is very true. You need to really take your time in the hiring process to make sure that they are the right fit for your company, that your values are aligned and that they are the type of person that you want to work with. Because At the end of the day, it is your business and you want to enjoy going to work every day. You want to enjoy the people you work with. So I encourage you to choose people that you like working with and that you enjoy spending time with because you are going to be spending a lot of time with them. And it's not always about just hiring someone because of their skill set or because of their experience. They have to be a good person and someone that you mesh with and that you really want on your team. Of course, then when you have your team on board, you want to make sure you continue to nurture their growth and also empower them to take ownership of what they're doing. So with some of the processes, I'm always saying to my team, if you find that there is a better way to do something, please let me know because I am 100% open to new ideas or better ways of doing things. And I always want to be improving our systems and making sure they're continually getting better. So I'm very open to feedback and I love being able to just empower my team to make decisions and to bring ideas to me so that we can continue to be better. And of course, having the systems in place isn't just enough. You do have to continue to communicate and collaborate with your team to make sure that the systems are being followed correctly. And that, as I mentioned, if there are some changes that could be made, it's more of a collaborative effort to make the updates and create the systems. I'm also at a point now where I don't even have to create systems in my business anymore. If there is something that needs updating or we have a new process or a new service or something, I actually ask my team to create the systems for me because it is a part of their role and they are the ones working in those positions every single day and they know them inside out. So we have what we call an SOP, which stands for standard operating procedure. And that is the document that we use for all of our procedures. And then we have one SOP, which is how to create an SOP. So I give them the tools to be able to create the systems. And then I, of course, check over them, make sure that that's what I want for the business and that it's going to fit with the business as a whole. But I actually have my team creating the systems for me because I am very busy and I don't have a lot of time to be creating systems with where I'm currently at in my business. So I think empowering my team to create those systems so that we can continue to refine them and make them even better is also another way that helps scale the business. The other area where I really ran into challenges was expanding to multiple locations. So when I opened my second location, I definitely had a lot of challenges that came with that because we didn't have super strong systems in place. The new team definitely had a lot of freedom to kind of run things as they saw fit, but it was too much freedom and it wasn't in line with my vision for the brand and how I wanted things to run. So that was definitely a challenge that I ran into. And I found that 
it was an interesting lesson because I did have the vision that I wanted to open up and expand to multiple locations, but I really wanted to get my first two right. So I did focus on getting the first one as good as I could before I opened a second one. But then when I opened the second one and I kind of realized that there were a lot more challenges and things that I hadn't actually set procedures and systems up for. And my focus was just to get those two locations right before I did any more. And by the time I opened my third location, it was honestly so much easier. It was like cut, copy, paste into the new location. And we didn't have anywhere near as many problems. We didn't have anywhere near the same amount of challenges as I did between opening that first and second location. So I definitely learned a lot in that process, but I've now learned how to create a replicable business. And if I wanted to, I could just keep going and opening more and more locations. I'm not sure if that's on the cards for me. I don't really have it on my goals list at this point in time, but I am open to the possibility. And I also want to set my business up with those systems and with that franchise sort of model, I guess, so that I could also have the option to sell my business if I ever wanted to. By having those systems in place and having the business run without you, it makes your business way more valuable than if you're heavily involved and you're working in the business and the business is relying solely on you to operate it. So that's another reason to implement systems is just purely to make your business more valuable and more attractive to a potential buyer. So just a little recap of what we've discussed in this episode. So first up, we talked about the importance of systems, why it's so important to bring systems into your business, even if you're just a solopreneur, even if you don't have massive plans to expand, it's so good to have those systems ready to go for when you do want to bring on either a contractor or an employee so they can hit the ground running and they know exactly what they're doing and it's going to really set you up for success. Next, we talked about identifying your key processes. So this is working out what it is that you do that makes you different from other businesses and what kind of processes you do day in, day out that really help to create a seamless customer service experience. We then talked about automating as much as you possibly can and then delegating tasks to your staff and getting them to help you with the system's growth. And of course, making sure you maintain good communication with your staff, collaborating with them on these systems to make sure that you're both on the same page and how you can scale your business to multiple locations if that's something that you want. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And now my favorite things, this is going to be a little bit random off topic off business. And it's just a TV show that I've really been enjoying. And I love a good TV show. I'm big into reality TV. I know that's kind of trashy, but I just love the mindlessness of watching the reality TV. But this is actually a sci-fi. I think it's a sci-fi show. I'm not sure, but it's called Black Mirror. It's on Netflix. It's been out for a few years now. And one of my friends from the US introduced me to it and I absolutely loved it. It's every episode is a completely different story. It's almost like a little mini movie and there's some new episodes that just came out, but it's sort of like giving you a glimpse into the future or giving you a glimpse into what life could potentially be like. And there was this one episode a couple of seasons back where it was basically this woman who had a social media account and it was as if social media was a currency. And this was probably five or six years ago before social media was even as big as it is now. 
and she would have to swipe her phone to get access to places and to buy food and to buy things. And you basically had to have like a social media following. And the more following you had, the more likes you had, the more money or credits you had. And it was just so interesting to watch because every episode has some kind of greater meaning behind it about society or the way the world's going or the things that are happening. And this social media episode, it was so interesting because back then social media wasn't as popular as it is now. And I almost feel like it is almost becoming like a currency or it's people's social status is based on their social media following. And it's just this wild world that we live in. And yeah, I just think the show is really cool. It opens up your mind to different things that are happening and how technology can potentially change the course of how we live life. And yeah, I just think it's a great TV show. It's something interesting. It's a bit different. And like I said, every episode is different and it's a different story. So I'm a fan. Definitely go check it out. That was a bit rogue and off topic, but I hope you guys liked the suggestion and I will see you here on the podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.